Hello, teachers. Welcome to the thing that we do on Fridays. I'm Brother Lawson. I'm here with Brother Wing. I'm wearing a white shirt and tie. Brother Wing is wearing a picnic tablecloth. How are you, <laughs> Brother Wing? <laughs> I think uh, that's a compliment. You could have gone worse. So I'll take the picnic tablecloth. I wear white tablecloths. White tablecloths. Are you good? For those that are listening, they still think I'm wearing a white shirt. That's good point. Not anymore. They think you're going out to cut wood somewhere. So uh, Brother Wings does have impressive forearms that he gets from, from chopping lumber. So lumberjacking days. I digress. Teachers, man, did you, how'd you like Jeremiah? Jeremiah, I actually, I really enjoyed Jeremiah. You guys might have told, been able to figure out that Brother Wing and I like Jeremiah because those last, um, podcasts and facebook videos and those are 50 minutes long we never we, we did not we don't plan for how long these things are going in fact we think that today is going to be really short but watch today will be like an hour and a half or something but do you enjoy <laughs> jeremiah brother wing yeah i i was i don't want to say that i was surprised because that's kind of an insult to jeremiah maybe mm-hmm. or maybe it's a compliment but it's a great book yeah and i was and i feel great appreciation for jeremiah because man he just kept going when everything went against him yeah yeah i even i was telling brother wing earlier i was talking to a guy uh he was telling me about a fishing trip that he was on and he was um telling me that he got stuck in the mud he was all the way up to the middle of his thigh and i was like man you're like jeremiah in that dungeon and he hadn't done his come follow me study so he didn't see how funny that was <laughs> brother wing got it because he brother wing was studying the scriptures all right well this week teachers you only have 48 chapters of ezekiel to teach and as we all know coverage is much more important than conversion it's super important that <laughs> our students know everything in the entire book of ezekiel isn't that right brother wing yeah maybe you got that flipped around oh <laughs> but <laughs> oh i i did i did in fact there's there's a number there's huge chunks of uh ezekiel that you'll just kind of skip over perhaps um the pacing guide has uh the first day as chapters one through 32 so you're gonna need to probably carve out about six hours for seminary that day so you can cover all 32 chapters no you're not gonna you're not gonna do that you're just gonna focus on chapters that you feel will help your students deepen their conversion and their commitment to the savior and, and his gospel and the purpose of this podcast or facebook video is just to help you maybe give you some ideas on what chapters would be great to use to engage your your students in scripture feasting with mm-hmm. all right so should we just jump in brother yeah, let's do it I mean, all right so ezekiel Ezekiel, we know, what do we know about Ezekiel? He was a Levite, much like Jeremiah, right? He was he was carried away captive in, uh, when Babylon came and kicked the trash of, of Jerusalem there in 597. You know, Lehi had gotten out of Dodge about three years earlier. And then... Um, as Ezekiel is just languishing with all the other Jewish captives, 
there to Babylon, he starts to receive visions and, um, and some of those visions are kind of hard to understand, but, um, many of his visions are about the last days. Many of the visions are about, uh, and his revelations are about the Jewish captivity in Babylon. Some of the visions are about the restoration of the gospel and the coming forth of the book of Mormon. So the book of Ezekiel is pretty cool in that regard. And Ezekiel is a legit prophet who, who is also a seer, one who sees. Um, and I might just mention this right up front. Uh, I think it's important to emphasize, this is kind of a side note to Ezekiel. I think it's going to be super important to emphasize with our students the importance of a living prophet, a watchman on the tower. Sometimes I think if we're not careful, um, individuals might view President Nelson as just kind of a cute old man that the church marches out a couple of times a year to give a little talk at general conference, and then they, they march him back in. He is the mouthpiece of the Lord. He is a prophet, seer, and revelator, along with the other apostles that serve with him. And our safety in the last days uh, is going to be found in the word of God, which comes from them and from the scriptures. So I think all the opportunities we have to testify of the importance of a living prophet, our kids, like it's going to benefit them to hear that. So I like that preface. And I think it's also cool to think that, look at the mercy of the Lord. These people who had rejected him and basically didn't just sin, but refused to repent, you know, and then it's kind of of necessity. They have to be scattered. Right. And but notice how the Lord's got prophets in the Americas with Lehi. He has a prophet in Jerusalem that stays there with Jeremiah. He's got prophets of uh, those that have been taken captive, like Ezekiel and Daniel, you know. And so he's still like sending messages of comfort and help and reconciliation through these prophets in all areas. Like it's it shows his, he's not just like, oh, you guys messed up and forget you. You're, you're done now. Like, get away from me. You know, he's, he still reaches out and calls prophets in all of these locations. Yep, absolutely. And uh, I like that Ezekiel, you'll hear Ezekiel mention guys like Job and Daniel and Noah throughout his, his writings. And these prophets kind of, they've got, they've got to have a bit of a brotherhood, I think. Um, all right. So, with that first, what do we got on our first day in Ezekiel? Oh, yeah, Ezekiel 1 through 32. There's a few chapters here that I think that your students will can really dig some awesome gospel truths out and maybe even feel the importance of, of prophets and apostles as they read. Um, Brother Wing, where would you start? Where could you start? Give us some ideas of where you might start off that first day. Yeah, I don't want to make the rest of the book of Ezekiel look bad because it's there are some great stuff later, but chapters two and three are my favorite mm-hmm. chapters. Yeah, they're good ones. Um, and I don't want to say that chapter one's bad, but it's almost like chapter one is the symbolic uh, representation that then leads into chapter two. You know, so there's not a lot that I can get from chapter one other than the fact that it says wings a lot. In chapter one, that was that's kind of cool. <laughs> People like that family. Yeah, it's talking about my family. This is a family history. Yeah, but chapter two, as you kind of get into this of what he's really this call that Ezekiel gets um, with this vision of chapter one, 
uh, but but to see where his his mission call. And so you can kind of I think that's a pretty cool little scripture feasting mm-hmm. is to start off and say, OK, this is Ezekiel. He's a captive. Think of like this is not going to be a comfortable situation. He's in a foreign land, you know, um, and he gets this assignment from the Lord uh, to do something that's not exactly comfortable, you know. Right. And so what do you think of his mission call? Read it. It's 10 verses long. You know, like read chapter two and just tell me what you think about his mission call. I think that would be a cool way to set up a little scripture feasting and see what they find in there. And there are some words that they're going to want to define. And you can just kind of remind them again um, of that. Uh, but the there's some cool descriptions in there. There's some phrases that are similar to what the Lord told Jeremiah, like to not be afraid of their faces, you know, Um and that that was that's similar wording that that Jeremiah had, but it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool how he gets this call, and I think the students will find a lot of good stuff in there. But you don't want to spend all your time on chapter two. Um, chapter three then is really cool too, and I have this idea for chapter three. That's um, it. Verses one through three, it's like every phrase teaches you something about scripture study. And well, that's good. Yeah. it's symbolic, uh, but it's, it teaches you something here about scripture study. And so even like, I mean, look at it. If you, if you look at it with this context, like go from punctuation to punctuation, you know, moreover, he said unto me. So what, what does that teach you about scripture study? You know, it's, it's God talking, you know, mm-hmm. um, son of man, he's talking to us, um, eat that thou findest, you know, so like take, you know, ingest these words like take them into you like it's not feasting yeah <laughs> good well said um <laughs> eat this roll uh go speak unto the house of israel so as you ingest the scriptures into you you're going to be better able to preach the gospel and speak um to others verse two so i opened my mouth and he caused me to eat that roll like so Ezekiel apparently had to do something here to invite this in. Like he could have prevented it, you know, but he opened his mouth. So can we, in in essence, like when we go to sit down to study the scriptures, can we open our mouths? Can we be uh, receptive to what the Lord is going to put into us um, here? And then verse three, he said unto me, son of man, cause thy belly to eat, like, like digest this, you know, Um, let it be a part of you, like make it a part of you, you know? So that's like studying the scriptures with all your heart, with real intent. You know, that's, that's how we would kind of make it a part of us and, and fill our bowels with this role that I give thee. Um, and he said, then I did eat it and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. And hmm. so as we study the scriptures that way, like the verses one through three and a half, like half of verse three, like study it that way, then it, it really does become delicious uh, to us, scripture study. And so if it's not delicious to us, probably has an indication that we're not um, using it the right way, you know? And, uh, and so I'm not, I don't mean that in a judgmental way. I'm just saying that the scriptures really are delicious and they can be as honey for sweetness. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, I think this might be a great opportunity for a little object lesson with your students to have them share testimonies about uh, how the, how their love of the scriptures maybe has changed, right? Um, maybe you, you bring them in a, a 
something to put in their mouths and just describe it. Maybe it's something that they haven't tasted before. Make sure it's good and not terrible. Um, and then have them describe that uh, that taste and maybe have a few of your students who have had, a, had the scriptures had an impact on them, especially this semester in the Old Testament of all books, right? Uh, if they could share their testimonies and this might be something you prepare them with beforehand. Um, it's kind of like, I was thinking about as you were talking and we were reading those three verses, it's like going to Sam's club or Costco and they have the samples there. And the, the whole point of those samples is to get you to buy the, the whole thing, right. Or to feed your kids on a Saturday afternoon, right. That's the whole point of those, of those samples. And so maybe asking your students, what samples of the scriptures have you enjoyed that has made you want to go back for more? Um, and so that might be a good discussion there. I like that. Um, and then keep also, the context rolling, you know, yeah. to say like, this isn't just a chapter about scripture study. It's a chapter yeah. of why, why it's so important that we get God's word in us so that we can do his work. Right. And that's what, that's what Ezekiel does. So you see the, the rest of it. So by the way, that goes with a great cross-reference here is uh, Doctrine and Covenant section 11, verse 21, where Hiram Smith wants to serve. And the Lord says, hold on, seek. Yeah. first seek to obtain my word, like get it, yeah. get, get his word in you. And so um, we're going to be better missionaries. We're going to be better preachers of the gospel. We're going to be better able to um, testify of Christ in our lives when we're studying the scriptures every day in, a, in, yeah. in this way, in a meaningful way. It's hard to give a great review of a restaurant that you've never eaten at, right? It's hard to teach the gospel um, to people that, to people when you yourself have not really ingested the gospel yourself or experienced that themselves. It's real easy to tell someone you really need to go to Torchy's Tacos in Arkansas because I've been to Torchy's Tacos many times and I can, I'm one of their best advertisers. And so, yeah. um, but, but the context of that, like you said, is super important because the rest of chapter three, I think really sets up one of the most important truths that our students can come to know and believe and that we ourselves can. And that is that the Lord really has set up watchmen on a tower, people who can see um, distances from us. And that's what uh, Ezekiel is known as. And that's what the Lord identifies him as, is a watchman. And throughout Ezekiel, later on, you're going to see the Lord refer to him that way as well. Um, and, and, and maybe, you know, I was thinking about Watchmen on a Tower, you know, the other day, at, all the kids in our stake went to a corn maze, and there's a tower in the middle of that corn maze, right, that you can climb up and kind of see where you're at, you get a, a different perspective, uh, and then find your way out. Similarly, prophets are Watchmen on a Tower, Ezekiel's a Watchman, and if you listen to his warning and his counsel, you get through that maze, the maze of mortality a lot, a lot better. Mm -hmm. What else do you see? So, um, so yeah, the, the Lord, um, I think is in verse 17. Yep. He says, I've made thee a watchman under the house of Israel. So your job is to warn. That's what prophets do. I mean, prophets aren't there to make us feel great. They're there to warn us. Um, and I think if you go to, if you listen to President Nelson with that perspective, like I'm listening to President Nelson because he's, he's, he can see something I can't see rather than I'm listening to President Nelson because um, I think he's a, a cute, nice guy, right? 
then we'll get two different things out of out of his words. Yeah, and we're going to recognize that he has a role and he might say some things that the most of the world doesn't like or hates even. Right. And or he might even say some things that are weird sound weird to us, you know, and that mm-hmm. we we can't quite understand. And yet as we look at the verses that follow the the watchman verse in verse 17, you see that man, he's got some pretty strict prophets have some pretty harsh consequences if they don't do what the Lord tells them to do, like they right. are accountable um, in many ways for the wickedness that would follow if they hadn't preached. And if the people still choose to do wickedly, that's their choice. But the prophet did his part to, to warn them. The Lord wants that warning um, to happen so that people have a chance, um, a fair chance um, to do the right thing. So prophets have the strict responsibility and that so then they can better appreciate that President Nelson's not going to just say things to try to make people feel better or to sugarcoat things or to, you know, he's going to, he's going to say what the Lord wants him to say. And right. that's it, you know? And so that is the, as President Nelson has said, that's the most loving thing to do. Um, and it's the most obedient thing to the Lord to do. Right. So on that first day, I mean, that might, that, that probably will cover your first day, but there's another chapter that day that Brother Wing and I kind of were talking about. That's a pretty good chapter uh, between one and 32, chapter 18. Uh, there's some, there's some great stuff in, in chapter 18 um, that you might want to, to share or have your students look at. I, I think there's some great verses. There's some great truths about uh, repentance there and uh restoration um i was just reading where was i reading alma 41 today about restoring righteousness under righteousness and wickedness under wickedness is that 40 or 41 of alma something like that but um but similarly in chapter 18 uh we have we have ezekiel telling the children of israel telling uh telling the jews in captivity if you live righteously, it's going to, it's going to work out well for you in the next life. If you don't live righteously, it's not going to work out well for you. And so I think one of the, one of the verses, I think verses 30 through 32, I really liked a lot in 18, um, especially verse 30. Listen to this. There's some good truths here. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways. I think that's, uh, so we learned there that judgment is very personal. And then he says, repent and turn yourselves from all your transgressions. So iniquity shall not be your ruin. Cast away from you all your transgressions, whereby you have transgressed and make you a new heart and a new spirit. For why will you die, O house of Israel? Um, There's some great little verses there that you might point out to your students in Ezekiel. Anything else in Ezekiel 18? I like 20 through 23 too. It's interesting, the context, you know, like that they're, here's Ezekiel, they're these captives. They've been totally brutalized and Mm -hmm. um, separated from their uh, land, but maybe even from their families, you know, like it's, it's a really rough situation. Like now what we're just, we're destroyed, like we're nothing. And then it's just like, well, there's still some hope here, you know, and here comes the Lord saying, turn around. And so it's going to go into the next lessons, but this is the challenge. Like they, Ezekiel is here to try to help the people 
remember the Lord while they're enduring the consequences of forgetting the Lord. Right. <laughs> and so they have, so that's the hard thing to do. Like we forget the Lord, we make a mistake, you know, and now we're like in this bad, dark situation, but here comes a prophet to say, turn, you know, and that's, right. that's what I really like about these repentance verses that are in here. Verse 21, and you quoted 30 and 32, mm -hmm. they all say turn. And I like right. that. That's another thing that we might, if we, if you have time on that first day, you could talk to your students about, here's, a, here's another way to look at repentance, you know, to see it as this happy, hopeful word that, mm -hmm. you know, we can be in a bad situation, but can you turn to the Lord? And that is repentance. Like we are repenting when we face him, uh, listen to him and then start moving in his direction. Excellent. All right. So that's your first day. Second day, we've got a doctoral mastery day, Ezekiel 3, 16 and 17. And then the third day, we've got Ezekiel 33 through 36. Um, again, talking a little bit about judgment and how Jesus Christ is going to, to judge us uh, and be and have that role, which is great, which is a, a super good, uh, you know, I was just thinking about um, the way that President Uchtdorf started his talk to in conference about having the students visualize a meeting that they would have with the Savior, and what might be the first thing, what would be the first thing that Jesus would um, express to them, and that is his love, his great love for them. Why, why would Jehovah, why would the Savior call prophets to warn us and to help us make decisions if he didn't love us? He doesn't have some cosmic um, power-hungry wish just to have people to do what he wants, what he wants them to do. But rather, he calls watchmen and he gives commandments and, uh, and guidance because he loves us. So that's kind of, that might be a theme in, uh, in Ezekiel. Uh, 33 through 36. How would you set up scripture feasting here for the week? Yeah, I would, I would build this like Wednesday's lesson here, 33 to 36 on Tuesdays. So if mm -hmm. you did that doctrinal mastery with three, 16 to 17, and on that one, you could take the opportunity to study general conference. So you yeah. would have already caught, you've already covered it in some way the day before on Monday. Mm -hmm. Then you kind of focus on that doctrinal mastery passage and, you know, really, uh, study that one well, but as part of the application of that, you can study some some of what President Nelson has said at this most recent general conference, and then on Wednesday, build on that and say, so yeah. let's talk about this Watchman thing again, and what are they really seeing that we don't see, and how can we trust them? So, learn about prophets by reading uh, chapter thirty three, right? And, and that would be a great scripture feasting there. You know what I got in the mail today. Brother Wing, uh, I'm a I'm a bishop, and so sometimes I get mail from uh, from Salt Lake. I got a package in the mail, and it was full of brand new for Strength of Youth pamphlets. Oh, oh right? I thought they was like send you gifts now, but no, no they just okay, no. Never mind. In fact, in fact, when you're an apostle, I want you to make a change in the church. I I want you to send. Make sure that they send all the manuals and stuff to like the ward clerk. For the executive secretary, because I got to haul all everything. I got to remember to haul everything to the church from my house. But, but uh, those for strength of youth manuals, that might be a great 
little scripture feasting activity uh, to do in conjunction with uh, Ezekiel 33 through 36. What have prophets and apostles counseled us to do? And it might be it might be um, important to note this. President or Elder Uchtdorf said the main purpose of the For Strength of Youth uh, guideline book. I don't know if we call it a pan. I guess we'll call it a pamphlet. Is to point students towards the Savior. Um, and so, if we look at that, if we look at the warnings of Ezekiel. And we look at the warnings of the For Strength of Youth uh, pamphlet and the guide and the counsel that, it, that Ezekiel and the For Strength of Youth pamphlet give us. And in the con it, with the premise of this is guiding me towards the Savior, have your students share in what way uh, does this uh, guide you or point you towards the Savior? And that might be an interesting day of, of seminary uh, that day. What do you think? Love it. And I, I like that point that you made. When did you make this point? that you said that the new for the strength of youth pamphlet, there's the path and the rod and that's all good, mm -hmm. you know, but if we over-focus on the path and the rod, we may start to kind of lose uh, enthusiasm for the path and the rod because <laughs> the point is the destination, you know, to be with at the tree. And so we'll use the path and the rod to get to the tree but right. the tree is the point and that, you know, and all of these things represent Christ in one way or another, of course, the rod, you know, right. is, is his word and he is the word, you know, so it's not, I'm not downplaying that, but we need to, we need to keep our eyes on the destination. That's the right. tree. And the, this new for the strength of youth pamphlet seems to put its attention on the tree right? Um, or the savior and, and getting there. And maybe with our heads up that way, we're going to be able to use the path and the rod a lot better. Um, which I think if you're kind of blending this with our lesson, like you, you study chapter 33 for a little bit to see what he says about watchmen, you could then go to chapter 34 and learn about shepherds. Oh, and yeah. The Lord is reaching out there and bringing and drawing people into him. You know, in fact, you could have half the class study chapter 33 and the other class chapter 34, one's on watchmen and one's on shepherds and, and kind of teach each other that's kind of a good idea i like that idea that's a good one you should you should do this for your, a living you come up <laughs> with good ideas i like that i like that all right so then we've got uh a, the most quoted chapter of ezekiel in general conference on the wait 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 before wait, you got something else okay 34, 33 and 34 is where I put all my focus on that Wednesday right. lesson. But I do like the middle part of verse 36 because it goes with so much of the repentance things that we had talked about with chapter right. 18. So verses 25, 26, and 27. I don't even know if I need to talk about them, but they're just oh, great. Yeah. They're great verses. And they talk about the new heart, you know, and just this is the whole point of Ezekiel's message. Like these devastated people driven from their land suffering the consequences of sin, but the Lord is there to kind of instill them with a new spirit and a new heart and restore them and heal them and bring them back. So those verses go great with yeah, that. Yeah. Verse 27 is pretty awesome. I'll put my spirit within you. That's pretty awesome. I like that. Those are good ones. Um, what do you think about verse 29? I was thinking about Nacho Libre when I read verse 29. What does that phrase mean? I will, I will call for the corn. <laughs> <laughs> say, 
summon the grain. I'm not sure what it means to summon <laughs> the grain. A piece of that I, corn for later. But yeah. I'm sure not sure. Sorry, teachers, if you haven't seen that, you're more righteous than we are. So you're fine. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, where were we? Ezekiel 37. Yes. All right. All right. We're done calling in the corn. Uh, let's go to 37. Brother Wing, 37 is the fourth day of the week. And like I said, no, I think I think we've established that no chapter of um, Ezekiel has been quoted more often in general conference than Ezekiel 37. And we have a doctoral mastery passage in there that they'll be focusing on next week. But it's verses 15 through 17 are the. Um, are the is the prophecy of of the Book of Mormon. So uh, how do we do, how are you going to set up scripture feasts? Do you have them read the whole chapter on this one? Do you, we, we spend a couple days on the, you know, one script, one doctrinal mastery day on 15 through 17. And then what do we do for 37, Brother Wayne? Yeah, I like that, especially since, you know, doctrinal mastery is going to be its own day. You don't feel all the pressure, you know, mm -hmm. to really focus on those because uh, we're going to spend a lot of time with those next week. So then we can kind of take the broader view here and the way that I would set up students for success as they study chapter 37 is they need to understand symbolism, you know, and that this is a vision verse one to me kind of makes that point clear as they read verse one, the hand of the Lord was upon me, carried me in the spirit, carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley, which was full of bones. I mean, so it's, you already kind of get this taste or idea that this is, uh, going to be a pretty interesting vision that he has. And therefore we're going to have to turn on our symbolic mindset to understand this better. And so once the students have that in, you know, uh, perspective, I think they're going to be, have a better time with this study and they're going to see things about bones and it looks like a body and resurrection. And I'm sure mm -hmm. there's something to be said here about the resurrection. It also seems to have kind of a, a more obvious context and about gathering of Israel, which is, which is the point I think Ezekiel's making, which then blends into the later in the chapter when it talks about the stick of Judah, the Bible, and the stick of Joseph, the Book of Mormon coming right. together, and that he's really talking about um, the gathering of Israel uh, here. And there's a lot of symbolism uh, about that, but there are specific prophecies to be made that this is real people, real gathering, real missionary work, real scripture, you know, um, and the work of the Lord will go forth. So that's where I, that's where I think the students will have success when they see it symbolically. Right. The symbolically, uh, the restoration of the body, the restoration of, of truth through the Bible and Book of Mormon, the restoration of, of doctrines. Uh, maybe that word restoration that would be good to define as part of your, um, as part of your context that you're sharing with your students as you're, as you're beginning scripture feasting, talk about restoration, what that, what it means to restore something. Um, excellent. I like that. Yeah. The miracle of a dead thing being brought back to life. Yeah. Like it, it, only the Lord can do this. And so, but we feel pretty dead spiritually sometimes, mm -hmm. uh, especially like these people who have suffered for their sins. And right. so, but this is the point, like God can restore, God can redeem, God can bring back to life, and he's going to do it through 
speaking and, you know, through his word and, right. and the power and grace that comes into the person to give them a new spirit and a new heart. So it's all good. Yeah. There's, there's lots of physical examples from the life of Jesus Christ and from apostles and prophets throughout scriptures that where people are made whole or restored. Um, there's physical examples of that, but just, as, just like what the savior said to the Pharisees, which is harder to, to uh, say forgive or to forgive sins or to tell someone to rise up and walk who hasn't been able to rise up and walk. The Savior has power to do both, to restore both physical and spiritual uh, life to individuals. Hmm. Well okay, um, 38 through 48, the last day. Um, we both like 47. Yeah. Uh, is that where you'd spend your time? I like, I like 47. Yeah, I'm going 47. Yeah. You're not going to deal much with the Gog and Magog stuff? I like those words. I don't know why it's fun <laughs> to say it. But, I, but I've, if I've got time to feast, I'm going 47. And I want I want to give the students a chance to take that in. Man, having the... Having the, the, the I like the symbolism at the conference center of water. Have you ever seen the waterfall on at the conference center mm -hmm. representing the truth and uh, that comes from the Lord? There's going to be water that comes from a temple that's going to turn the dead sea into not dead anymore. It's going to be alive. It's not going to be full of salt um, that kills everything, but rather it's going to be alive. And so how would we do, how would you set up scripture feasting for 47 here? Yeah, you can kind of summarize those first chapters. You know, they're talking about time before the second coming. There's mm -hmm. going to be some battles. But, you know, in 40 to 43, there's this temple that's going to be built in the latter days, you know. And, and so Ezekiel starts to kind of introduce this idea. And, and so I would set it up with this whole temple context. In fact, you might want to start with the quote from President Nelson that he said in general conference. Do you have that, by the way? Oh, I did. We were going to find that. Yeah, there's the, okay. <laughs> found it. What's that? Hey, let's let's pause for a second. We're going to pause for a second. Okay, we're back. We found it. It's the very last talk that President Nelson gave uh, right before he said goodbye. What what was it, Brother Wing, that you wanted to point out from that? Talk. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, you know, the part that's highlighted there, I, I promise the increased time in the temple will bless your life in ways nothing else can, mm -hmm. you know, and um, that's, a, you know, so, so students like, let's look at this, you know, and, and, uh, and where President Nelson encourages to say, he says, may you focus on the temple in ways you never have before. So let's do that. Let's focus on the temple in a new way. Let's, Let's put our attention on it. There, apparently, there's going to be this Latter-day Temple build that Ezekiel's talking about. So let's let's learn about the temple and study chapter 47. And what can we learn? And how how does it help us to understand the blessings of the temple and why the right. modern prophet would be having his focus on it and see what they have to say about that, you know? And then that can lead into a discussion to talk more uh, about the temple. Um, yeah. Get well, yeah. Well, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, that, that I mean that's it. That's so let let the President Nelson's words lead into chapter 47 mm -hmm. and then let that discussion lead into a greater focus on the temple. Excellent. I love that. Good. Um 
All right, Brother Wing, I don't think, I mean, should we just talk about other stuff for a while? This is a much shorter podcast than what we've done before. Should we just let the teachers go now? They would be disappointed, but I think they probably want us to talk for another half hour. (laughs) All right, teachers, we hope that this is helpful to you. If it's not, we're so sorry. We'll do better. Um, And we've got some really cool scriptures. We got some great scripture stories coming up. We're back to some stories here next week. Uh, but you'll, you'll enjoy Ezekiel. Your students will enjoy Ezekiel. Uh, the Holy ghost is going to help your students understand the words of Ezekiel and, and, and you'll be able to help them and the Holy ghost will help them engage in effective, righteous actions as a result of coming to seminary and, and participating in scripture feasting. So until next time, everybody, we love your guts. Stay righteous. <laughs>